Let's pray if we could. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this morning. Uh, I pray you would guide us as we um, go about this morning, Father. I I pray you would um, plant your gospel into our hearts and into our souls today, God. We we want to to know you. We want to understand who you are. We want to to see what it is you have to say to us, Father. I pray you would open our hearts and open our minds to hear from you this morning. We, we center our, our lives around Jesus and his work, his redemption and restoration of our very lives, Father, and our relationship with you. And Lord, I pray you would just, um, God, be in our midst this morning. Uh, God, I confess... Uh, a a leaning to take you for granted and uh lord i i confess that to you now i I ask that you would god just sit with us and be with us and and teach us here today god um we want to we want to love you more than we do we want to love you in the way that you've loved us father and and we want to love our world in a way that that you've loved our world Thank you for Jesus in his name. Amen. <clears throat> Good morning. First um, Corinthians chapter 12. So this, uh, this entire series, Equipped to Serve, is, um, I think, it, we're, we center around a very practical idea that, that God has given us the Holy Spirit, which is our equipment that we need to go and serve the body. But I think that the sort of the life that it's taken that I want to reiterate this morning uh, for all of us is it's, it is um, seeing what Christ did on this earth to come and to love us in the way that he loved us in a we don't deserve his love, but he loved us anyway. And then he came to bring the restoration and redemption of all mankind to this world that that we could individually enjoy and appreciate and and interact with and we have been restored and redeemed and so that truth we're armed with that truth through the power of the holy spirit to go and and do and be that here in this world do you like god's plan for all time and for all generations is is to for you to be redeemed and restored and then go and and play that song in your context in your circles um bring about redemption bring about restoration um and i think the message this morning talks about this notion this idea that we are to submit to the spirit um and and i think that's something that that we really take for granted. So I want to do a little bit of work before we get to um, 1 Corinthians 12 about submission to the Spirit. In Luke 4.14, Luke is writing a gospel of Jesus and and telling Jesus' story. And it's at the very beginning. Um, So Luke's gospel is the one that has the, the the longest, most profound Christmas story. He talks, he spends a lot of time talking about Jesus' his birth and, and all the stuff that went on around it. So when we get to Luke 4, Jesus is just now beginning his, mini- his, uh, his ministry. He's an adult and about to begin his ministry. And in that verse, um, he writes, 
and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, and a report about him went out throughout all the surrounding country. Before Luke 4, 4 happens, Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted by Satan and being ministered to by the Holy Spirit. And, and I don't want you to miss, like we think of Jesus as God, appropriately so. We think of Jesus as this, this like the person we're trying to model ourselves after. Like it, it, he is everything that we hope and need and want to be. Like I just talked about the point of the series is, is Jesus has come to bring restoration and redemption to our individual lives and then called us to go and bring restoration and redemption into this world. But Christ, before he began his outward public ministry, look at what it says. Don't miss that. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Like Jesus, to live the life that he lived, needed the Holy Spirit. So what, what is it about you that thinks that somehow you don't need something that Jesus needed? And it starts with a, a submission. And it's interesting, um, <clears throat> my prayer just a few minutes ago, when I was, I was confessing that I take... God for granted. I take the Holy Spirit for granted. And I think if we're really honest with each other, we all, every one of us, take the Holy Spirit for granted. But Jesus, before he did anything publicly, ministerially, before he began his mission, he recognized and connected with and submitted to the Spirit. Four verses later in Luke 4, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. There's a lot there. Again, Jesus, you, Jesus needed the Spirit, and you're no different. You need the Spirit. Um, But look at, Jesus has, the Spirit has anointed Jesus, that is, set him apart and given him purpose to go and proclaim good news to the poor. Like that's, that's your, that's your directive to go and proclaim the gospel. That's another word for, for good news to proclaim the good news of Christ and what he's done, what God has done to proclaim that to the poor. And there's poor everywhere around you. Um, Jesus needed the spirit. Um, why, why don't we submit to the spirit? I want to ask that question of us. Why, why don't you submit to the Spirit? Why do you, why do you take the Spirit for granted? Why do, you, why do you do that? Why, like I confess to you, so I'm, I'm processing here. Why, why do I take the Holy Spirit for granted? Why do, I, why do I not submit to who He is? If God has given me a mission and a purpose, and he has, and God has given you a mission and a purpose, and he has. If, if those things are true, and they are, why don't we submit to the Spirit? Um, I've come up with three reasons. First is we don't know how. Um, I don't want to take it for granted that everybody here knows what it looks like to be in submission to the Spirit. 
We're an eclectic mix as a, as a church. We have people that have been in church for a long time and people that haven't been in church for a long time. We have people that have been in different areas of church and now this is a kind of a new style of church for you. Um, we have all these different things. So I, I don't want to just take it for granted that every one of us knows how to submit to the Spirit. Um, and I, I want to just spend a little bit of time thinking about that. Um, do, like, rhetorically, do you really believe, do you know, if, if somebody who is, is not a Christian or is a, a new baby Christian comes to you with this idea of what does it look like to submit to the Spirit? What do I need to do to submit to the Spirit? Could you, could you answer them? And, and I'll, like, I don't think so. I don't think we, we fully know what that looks like or what that means or, or, or why or how. And listen, before Jesus started to go and bring redemption and restoration to this world, he had to go out and get alone in the desert, in the wilderness, and submit to the Spirit in a real act of, of volition to submit to the Spirit. So it's, it's really important. Um, and there, I think... I've, I've refound. Do you guys ever have a chapter in scripture that like is really profound to you, and then you go and refind it? Um, I've refound John 15 this week in study of this. Uh, John 15. Go and spend a week or a month with John 15, and it the words abide and love just keep coming up. That. If I abide in him and he abides in me and we have this abiding together, abide comes up over and over again. And then it talks about love. If you keep my commandments, you'll love your brothers. If you love me, you'll, you'll love my commandments. If you love me, you'll abide in me. And, if, and my, my love will abide in you. And, and love and abide just keep coming back and forth and back and forth. So I think that there's some sort of reality to submission to the Spirit in this idea of, of abiding. Remember we talked last week about abiding and that it's this big word that is just, it's, it's a companion. It's someone who stays with you. It's being connected. To submit to the Spirit is to abide, to live in the Spirit. To ev- like your thoughts always come back to godly, abiding, spiritual thoughts. And like I think we're just... We live, in a, we live in a great era, a great age with a lot of technology that helps us do a lot of incredible things. But we live in an age with a lot of technology that helps distract us from abiding in the love of God. So like there's all these tools around us that can help us or distract us. Um, a, another, another simple way to submit to the Spirit is just Pray. How, how, when I was younger, probably in my mid, mid twenties or so, I, I heard a guy start talking about prayer and, and it was a, like a week long church conference about prayer. Um, and he started talking about praying. And, and so everybody comes to this church event for this week to, to help understand prayer. And one of the things that he said about prayer is just stop talking and listen. When was the last time you prayed 
without speaking or if you were praying in your head without saying words in your brain when was the last time you just listened like that just doesn't make sense right when i say prayer you think whether it's verbal or just in your brain dear god a bunch of stuff amen right am i right there and maybe you think you're really good at prayer because you don't just say, dear God, please help aunt whoever and her broken ankle and please help this. And you think you, you pray on deeper levels, like God, bring the gospel to bear on my children or, or do this or like real deep. But like, when was the last time you just stopped and listened? And I think that's a, that's a skill that's really hard for us. But I think submitting to the Spirit is found in there to just listen. That was like three seconds. And you're like, is he going to start talking again? The creator of the universe has designed you, has, has this, this whole big plan to redeem and restore this world. This world will be redeemed and restored. And God's plan and purpose is to do it first in you and then use you to go and do that in the world. And the first step in that, just like Jesus, was surrender and submission to the Spirit. You are equipped to serve, but you're first and foremost equipped to serve in this capacity to submit to the Spirit. Just like Jesus. We don't know how to do it, but it's, I think that we probably do. We just, it's just hard for us to, to hold still long enough to get to a place where we submit to the Spirit. The second thing, I think the reason we don't submit to the Spirit is because we just don't want to. I would, like, I'm the pastor of this church, and I would rather watch Netflix and read my Bible. So if I can stand in front of you and say that to you, I hope we can all confess that a lot of times we just don't feel like doing it. And are, you, are you with me or am I, am I by myself here? Please don't tell me I'm by myself. Thank you. But like we just, we just don't want to. I'd rather sleep than wake up early and go pray. I'd rather sleep than meditate on Scripture. But the, the king of the universe the one who authored this by a mere word wants to be intimate and abide with you and wants to bring redemption and restoration to your soul and then allow that to go and engage it in your world and it begins with submission and surrender what do you think that sleep or Netflix have to offer you that the Holy Spirit doesn't But, like, I, this is very, um, like, one of the things I, I, I struggle with is, 
I don't want this to be a a to-do list sermon um, because I think that's anti-gospel. A to-do list sermon is anti-gospel. But we... Like, let me, let me take it back here. We had this conversation in our community group this week, talking about the people that are hard to love. Remember a few weeks ago when I passed out two pieces of paper and had you write two names down, one of somebody that is easy to love and one of somebody that's hard to love? Let me ask you this. How are you doing in the three weeks since we did that with loving that hard to love person? If you weren't here that week, um, I had everybody write down a name on a piece of paper that was of someone that's really easy to love. And had somebody else, had you also write a name of someone else that was really hard to love. Um, so those of you who work here, how are you doing? How are you doing with that? With that hard to love person? The two people that were strong enough to speak up in community group were like, I'm not doing so well. I don't like it. The, the very next day, I came to a face-to-face encounter with this person that's really hard to love, and they made me really mad. And I just felt like God was saying, yes, that's exactly what was happening. God was saying something to you. Rely on me. Submit to the Spirit. In your power, you cannot love that person. And, And do you realize that if Jesus were to have been sitting in our, our midst that day, in that sermon, and got past two pieces of paper, he would have written your name down on the hard-to-love person. And how did he get to that place? He started before he ever did anything ministerial-wise, mission-wise. He went out and got alone with God and submitted and surrendered to the Spirit. There is absolute vitality to that. And our, like, I believe that we're in a place I've, I've never, ever seen. I'm 46 years old, and I've been paying attention for 35 of those. I've never, ever seen a season of time where the gospel was more ripe to be proclaimed. There's evil everywhere, and people want to know why, how. And it starts with surrender, submission to the Spirit. Um, the third thing that I, reason that we don't submit to the Spirit is that we just don't believe that it matters. I've kind of been talking about that inadvertently, answering that one as well for the last few minutes. Um, we, we're not really sure that submitting to the Spirit matters. Let me... There is someone in your life, there's someone in your life who needs to understand how much God loves them. And you are in an incredibly unique position to speak that to that person. God's redemption and restoration that he intends to bring about in this universe. He wants to bring, there's someone in your world who you have a unique place and position to speak that to them. God has something really big for you. Do you, like, that's very pastoral of me to say. God has something big for you. I texted somebody that this week. 
I believe it from the depths of my, my being that God, the person that I, I, I texted this week, that God has something really, really big for them. But here's the secret. That person is not special. God has something really, really big for every one of us. And it begins with a submission to the Spirit. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's get to, like, I'm over halfway finished, and I haven't even gotten to the heart of our scripture this morning. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. <clears throat> We're going to go quickly and then land on one word. Verse 4, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. So let me parenthetically insert, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. The same Spirit that ministered to Jesus Christ in the wilderness before he went out and went and preached his first sermon is the same Spirit that is waiting for you to be intimate with him, waiting for you to submit and surrender to him. That's knee-buckling to me. Verse 5, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers, and that's our verb today, empowers them all in everyone. A few verses later, in verse 11, he uses that same word again, and all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one as he wills. There's actually three verbs in that verse that are important. First, empowers means to be at work, the energy and the energizer. So you see, I'm going to use this illustration in a second. You see the the drill up there with a battery sitting next to it, and you probably are figuring out where I'm going with that. The first part of the illustration is going to be very simple and subtle, and you can all probably come and, and preach that illustration. You're going to stick the battery into the drill, and that's going to be the energy that empowers the drill. That's true, but there's more. Stay tuned. I have a, a communications degree. Can you see? Uh, these are all empowered, the energy and the energizer. Now, I'll explain that in, in a minute with an illustration that's uh, I'm going to need a lot of help with. The second verb there is apportions, to distribute, to pass out, to divide. These are all empowered, the energy and the energizer, by one and the same Spirit. And the Spirit apportions, He passes out, He divides, He divvies up work to do. Um, in order for His purposes to be affected, for redemption and restoration to come about on this planet, He apportions, He distributes, He passes out, He divides. Everyone, if you're here and a part of this church, you have a job to do. That's apportions. To each one as he wills. To wills is to accomplish something with a purpose. Um, tonight in this room, um, there's going to be uh, four different churches uh, from 5 to 6.30. We're going to gather together and we're gonna, there's going to be some stools up here. And we're going to talk about uh, the hurt and divide in our, in our city and in our country and in our culture, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to uh, be affected. It's two white churches and two black churches coming together here in this room to do that. And the cool part, our prayer, there's the four different pastors of these four churches. Um, 
we, we've been praying for about two and a half weeks now that God would begin to bring people together that don't look or think like each other, and we will we'll think together tonight and we'll pray together tonight. And our hope, the, our, the biggest prayer that each one of, each one of the four of us, the, the pastors have, have been praying about, is that relationships would be born and begin to bud for people that don't look or think like we do. And we're going to pray together tonight. So we're going to talk and we're going to pray. Um, and we're going to encourage you to pray with people that don't go to this church. And, um, and, and we really want that to begin to happen. So there is, there's a, a difference that God has in us. And those are all good things. And we're going to see them. And we're going to begin to, to understand who people are. And we're going to, to listen and we're going to pray together. Um, but the thing is that one of the churches that's going to be here is a church that's about 500 people. I, I'm pretty sure they're not all coming. We're going to be in this room, by the way. I'm pretty sure they're not all coming. Um, but if they do, where, where are they going to sit? And there's, a, there's two other churches that are coming as well. They're, one's about the same size as us and one is a little bit smaller than us. So we've got to have more chairs in this room. Um, uh, hey, Rebecca, can you do me a favor? Can you go in the back closet and there's a, a chair that's back there? So uh, Rebecca is our communications director. She's going back to grab one of these chairs. I'm sending her back there because she knows exactly what I'm talking about and where, where things are going. So a couple of Weeks ago, before maybe like a month and a half ago, before we got these chairs, um, Jen works at the St. Louis Metro Baptist Association office, and a church called her and said, "We've got a bunch of chairs. We we really just want to get rid of them. We're not making looking to make a lot of money off of them. Do you know of any churches that might like some chairs?" She says, "Yes, I do know of a church that might like some chairs." Um, so she's like, sends me a text. You need to go check this out. So I called the guy. And he's like, yeah, we've got these chairs. Oh, yeah, perfect. Excellent. That's exactly what I wanted. Way to go. Good job. Um, give it up for Rebecca, everybody. Um, you just witnessed a portioning happening. The verb that appears in second, or 1 Corinthians 12, 11. You just witnessed a portions happening. Um, so I called um, this guy, and he's like, yeah. We've got these chairs. Here's a picture of them. Here are the, 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 the shape of them, and here are the, the dimensions of them. And so I came with a tape measure and measured the chairs that used to be in here, and these are, are smaller, so they'll will fit more chairs in here. And we've also got actually more total chairs, so like, like that's, that's great. We're, we're growing a little bit, and so we need more chairs to be in this room, and plus those old chairs were really, really terrible. But then I, I, I sent an email to this guy. I'm like, look, we don't have a lot of money to buy these chairs. And I, I've, I've found out that the chairs new cost like 25 bucks a piece or something, or 24.99 or 24.97 or something. And like, we're not going to be able to afford 125 chairs at that price. Um, so I'm like, we're, I don't know, we're kind of a church plant. We're 10 years old, but I don't know whether we're a, a church or a church plant. And, and you're a big church and we're not, like, I'm trying to not not be whiny, but at the same time be a little whiny to maybe see if we can get a deal. And he's like, seriously, just make an offer. And so I said, sent an email back on this. This seems really really terrible to ask for 125 chairs 
but we can, we can afford $200. Will you, you willing to do that? And he's like, sure. Sounds great. I'll do it. So then I, I sent, I forwarded that email thread on to Rebecca and said, Rebecca, can you just organize this to happen? And Rebecca talked to maybe a few of you talking, do you guys have a truck we can use? And turned out Joe and Rebecca went and picked them up and, and set them up here. But there were a few of them, like 15 or so, Rebecca, that are like broken. Um, so, uh, who's handy with a drill? Ben, you're handy with a drill. Come on up here. Um, put this drill together. If you don't mind here, I'll, I'll put it together for you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm capable of putting a battery in a drill. Okay. So what, what's happening here is, um, there is on the back of this, you can see screws that are here. You see that those screws, those little silver screws are what is holding this, um, cushion in place. And this cushion is ripped. I don't want somebody to have to sit on this cushion tonight. All right. So zip those things out of there. Can you do that, Ben? While I keep talking, there's like eight of them. And then this one is going to just go right back in there. All right. Apportioning is happening, by the way. Apportioning is currently happening. Um, so let me, while he's doing that, I'm going to tell you a story of, uh, so the, the four churches that are going to be here tonight, one is Summit Community Church, uh, pastored by my mentor, um, and he's my pastor, John Ryan. And uh, I've got a long relationship with John, and, and I love John deeply, and he's invested a lot of who he is in this place. The second guy is a guy uh, named Mike Bird. Mike is going to be here tonight, and, and I'm beginning to, to build some relationship with Mike, and Mike is an incredible guy, and I can't wait to get to be a part of of get to know some of his people that are a part of his church. They live, they're like, their church and where he lives is right in the middle of North City where there's poverty is strong, uh, incarceration rates are, are high, and a lot, lot of, like, he's in a tough place. And I, I'm really excited to begin to, to build relationship with Mike, and it's beginning to happen. We, we text seven or eight times throughout the week just engaging life with each other. Um, and so that relationship is budding and building. And the fourth guy is a guy named Jarvis, who I've never met before. Um, we've been a part of a, an email text exchange. Where we're talking about prayers and all that stuff um, for this event for tonight, what's, what's going to happen. But I've never met him, but I'm excited to begin to build relationship with him. And then people from each one of those four churches are going to come here tonight and be in this place. And this, this chair that Ben is, is working on here is going to be used Somebody from one of those churches, maybe even Jarvis, the guy that I really want to begin to build a relationship with, or maybe Mike Bird, who I'm beginning to, to build even a deeper relationship with. Maybe Mike's going to sit there. Maybe somebody from one of his churches are going to sit there. But somebody, give it up for Ben. Good job, Ben. Way to go. Somebody is going to sit in this chair tonight and I want you to see everything that's gone into this chair being here in this place tonight. A big church in Wentzville bought these chairs years ago. A big church in Wentzville had a a staff member call an associational office and say, does anybody want these chairs? And that happened to be my wife. And she happened to hate the chairs that used to be in this room. And then she told me, and then I called him, and I exchanged some emails with him, and I was scared to offer $200. You were, like, this is, 
What is, what is 25 times 125? It's, it's more than 200. And so, like, I feel, I've, there's this, like, unconfidence. I, I wasn't confident at all to, to say $200 then, but he said yes. And then, like, we had just, literally just hired Rebecca to do stuff like this, to, to make arrangements for, for other, so it's like, I, I completely check it off my list. And it was right in the middle of, of a lot of chaos that's happening in the leadership of our church when Dave and Jeff are leaving. And so it's something like, I just don't have the energy to figure out a way to get the chick, go get to Wentzville and get these chairs and get them into this room and, and set them up and all that stuff. And, and Rebecca did it. And Joe did it. And then he told me that there's 12 or so of them that are, that are ripped and torn, but there's a, probably seven or eight um, like redone, reupholstered seats that you can just exchange them, change them out. And so like Rebecca goes back there because she knows exactly where they are. Some of you, when I said, when I say there's, there's a, a closet back there, like I'm not going, that's, that hallway is creepy. I'm not going back there. Look, every one of the kids back there are nodding their heads. That hallway is creepy. I'm not going back there. But Rebecca's been back there. She knows it's not creepy or she gets past her, her creepy feelings. And then Ben zips this thing right out while I'm telling the story about Ben and Jarvis and John. And, and now this is a chair that's ready to be used. Like it's just a chair. It's just a chair. But think about all the stuff that had to happen for this chair to be in this state, to be used tonight. For somebody, there might be an incredible relationship that, that is born out of whoever sits down in this chair tonight. And the word empowers is not just this battery. We think that when, when we see this, this verse and he all these empowered by one and the same spirit. We think that it's just the power of this battery coming into this, but that Greek word is bigger than that. That Greek word is not just the energy, but it's the energizer. So the drill is us. Ben is the Holy Spirit in this illustration. The Holy Spirit is both this battery and Ben. Do you follow that? The Holy Spirit put the drill in the place to be able to be used and then squeeze the trigger. He, the Holy Spirit squeezed the trigger. You are the drill. That is the Holy Spirit. And all, your only role, your only, your only role, whose role? Your only role is to submit, surrender. And all of these things that happen, and it's, it's a stupid, it's a chair. There are hundreds of chairs in this building. But this chair has been through a lot to get here. And this verse is on perfect display. I, I want to put this chair in a very specific place, maybe even like tie a ribbon to it or something, so you guys all see it tonight if you come back. And, and think about, the, look at the person that sits in that chair and understand that God has something really really big for you even if it's just as simple as as using your gift to like he can he knows his way with a drill can drill it in quickly or you know where the chairs are and you can go grab a chair and a cushion 
Even if it's just something simple in that God can and will use it to bring his redemption and restoration to bear on this earth. That's the truth of empowers. You are completely and fully equipped to serve. Not just because of skills that you have, but because the Holy Spirit empowers and apportions and wills. In you, the Holy Spirit empowers apportions and wills. And it's, it's all predicated on something that Jesus showed you how to do. When he went to the wilderness and he dealt with temptation and he dealt with connectivity to the Spirit. And then he came back to this planet and wove his mission of redemption and restoration into this world. That's your call. To, to experience it and then to live it. Let's pray and be done. God, I thank you so much for Jesus. I thank you for chairs that tell stories. I thank you for the people that will sit in these chairs tonight. Lord, I pray for each of us tonight. We would see a purpose for us to be here. God, I pray that we would lay down what we think we know and be connected to you and your spirit. God, I pray for each of us in this room, Lord, that we would sit and listen to your Holy Spirit and what you have for us. God, every single person in this building, from those that are teaching kids to the to the babies that are in those kids' classes, Father. To these tiny little children that are desperately clinging to their mothers for sustenance, God. To the oldest in this room, you all, you have a purpose for each and every one of us. God, you have brought your redemption and your restoration to our souls and you're calling us to go and live that out, Father. And I pray that you would teach us what it means to submit and to surrender to you so that your purposes might be accomplished in us and through us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for chairs and for drills and for batteries. Thank you for scripture that teaches us. Lord, would you show us your plan? Would you allow us to submit to your spirit that empowers and apportions and wills? God, thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that I pray. Amen.